0: Welcome to Clean Beauty Insiders, the podcast with me, Elsie Rutterford
1: and me, Dominika Minorovic.
0: We discuss all things beauty and business.
1: Clean Beauty Insiders, the podcast is brought to you by sustainable and natural skincare brand, Bybee. For
0: 15% off your first order at Bybee, simply use the code CBI15 at Bybee.com. That's BYBI.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Clean Beauty Insiders, the podcast. Season two, episode thirteen.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. While well in lockdown, we're still we're still locked, <laughs> still in lockdown.
0: <laughs> but on a scorching day here in London, it's yeah, been
1: very summery. Yeah, it's been the weather has been lovely. Very jealous of anyone that has any outdoor space. If you do, please enjoy it on behalf of us <laughs> we are pining <laughs> we've it's both difficult. committed to move houses ASAP <laughs> just so we can have a garden or a balcony
0: my balcony is the smallest balcony ever but it just about fits two chairs so it's quite a squeeze but I'm like thanking my blessings every day that I'm out there
1: <laughs> just like dreaming. well I have the bench we have got the bench yeah. the now infamous quarantine bench um but yeah, it doesn't. It's just not the same because I feel like I'm a bit exposed, <laughs> like out in the open. Everyone can hear my conversations. Or watch me from their house. Yeah, it's not quite a like
0: beautiful like grass laden garden, but you know we made that trade off to be in central london and now we're regretting it
1: <laughs> <laughs> great trade off really happy with that decision but who could have who could have
0: seen this coming you know so yeah everyone in the countryside we are well gel of you
1: but um, otherwise things are going great for us actually <laughs> we've adapted to lockdown B is thriving so we ha- we really have no cause for complaint we do. we're making it through everyone is healthy everyone as well so yeah
0: exactly so we have a great guest today um really excited to share this one um we have paula quasi who is the founder of small i want to say that small <laughs> small um which is a subscription eco-friendly um laundry detergent brand um And she's fantastic, as as is her
1: brand. Yeah. Another real experienced heavy hitter. It was so interesting interviewing her. Um, She had an amazing long career at Unilever. Um, And I think it's just so interesting when people come from those corporate backgrounds and kind of figure out how to disrupt and then go and create these amazing businesses. Um, Really... Inspiring story, great product, very aligned with our sustainability values as well. Um, and just shaking up such a dusty industry, which is just, just needs to be done in this day and age.
0: Yeah, they're doing great things and they're shaking it up in a number of ways as well the kind of model, the direct to consumer part of things. Um, and then also making it in a way that's just like so much more sustainable. So a lot to learn from Paula. This is a great episode and we hope you enjoy it. Here she is. So, welcome to the podcast, Paula. Great to have you. Thank you. It's
2: lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Um, so, should we kick off just hearing um, a little bit more about yourself? So, um, perhaps your background, kind of career state, and um, yeah, how you've got to to where you are now.
2: Okay. So, um, my background is um, I graduated in chemistry, so I have a chemical background, but I went straight into working in marketing. Um, I work for one of the biggest multinationals, Unilever, um, I worked with them for about seventeen years across a number of different brands, um, and ending up really working on global brands, so enormous brands that Unilever has, running across many many markets, um, and running quite a big marketing team. And I, at that time, had my children, um, and it was quite difficult, as you can imagine, sort of running life and getting the right balance uh, when you're doing a job like that and you've got small children. So I decided to leave. And I set up my own marketing consultancy and I did that for about 10 years um, and really enjoyed that, but had this passion to develop something myself um, and set up a business myself um, with all the learning and understanding that I had, um, but also with my kind of desire to do the right thing. And at that stage in your career, when you've worked for that long, you um, uh, I think for many people there's this kind of burning need to kind of do something that you feel really really proud of. Um, That's something that you want to do. And um, my good friend Nick had the same 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 sort of journey. He had joined. Uh, he had worked in Unilever with me. Um, he left Unilever at a similar sort of time that I did and went to set up a design agency, which he ran for about ten years. So he has a real passion for design. Um, so. Ultimately, to cut a long story short, um, about five years ago, uh, we got thinking about things that we believed in and wanted to do. um, And a big part of that was wanting to find a way to produce sustainable products that are just as effective as non-sustainable products um, and are priced competitively. So they're not just for the elite few that can afford to buy um, sustainable sustainable brands and products. So, ten, you know, as we all know, those products tend to be at a premium and we felt that there had to be a way to provide that for the masses. Um, so that's where it started. Um, uh, my, kind of the, the interest really was always in this space, the household cleaning space, because it felt like the last... Bastion of the supermarket where nobody had really done anything and uh, the products were really quite old and haven't changed. In fact, you know, we knew these markets they hadn't changed for 75 years, the same brands in the same place and pretty much in the same boxes for 75 years. And we knew, and with my sort of chemistry background, we knew that we could do something to make better products um, to deliver to consumers at a better price. So that's really where the idea started, and it took us about two years uh, to get to a product that we were happy with. So the, 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 you know, the most significant development work was really for two years of going backwards and forwards, trying to formulate a product that worked just as well as the leading brands. So uh, that's the kind of background to getting to, to where we are now.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting um, and such a remarkable career to be on the forefront of Unilever for such a long period of time must have given you some incredible insights um, into yeah, multinationals of that size and, and the personal care and home space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the brand that you ended up launching was Small. Yeah. <laughs> Is that... So w- what's the thought behind the name? Because it's a very interesting name. I hope I'm saying it right. I feel like I'm like stumbling over my words a little bit. Small? Oh, well, no, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cute, short and snappy, but is there any meaning behind the word like what was the? Yeah, what was... See how you just described it as cute um, short and snappy
2: because small, if you pop small into the urban dictionary, it says small but cuter. Um, And we always knew that in order to get to a better price point, we had to find a way to break the existing commercial structure. Um, And by that, we meant take out the middleman that's making margin and give that to the customer. So, we needed to find a way of getting these products to the customer without the supermarket. Um, and we knew from the development the product and understanding of the product that there was a lot of water. In fact, there's a lot of water being shipped in all of these products, not just detergent, but other uh, home care products that doesn't need to be shipped from a carbon point of view, um, but also is you know, consumers paying for something that actually they don't need to pay for. Um, and therefore concentrating our products is quite an important part of our, our, our promise. Um, so to make them as small as they need, you know, as necessary, and therefore um, small, seem to fit from that angle. And then, obviously, for us, we were, and we were actually daunted by ever launching in this category because it is dominated by two big multinationals, Unilever and Procter & Gamble, across the world. And very few companies have been able to get any inroad at all because of the barriers to entry are so high. So before we even embarked on this, Nick and I did have lots and lots of conversations saying, are we crazy even trying to get into this marketplace because these guys are so big, they're not going to allow us to get in there and it's going to be very difficult to do. Um, so for that reason we kind of see ourselves as a small guys in a big market with big guys and therefore small again seemed felt like a really suitable name
0: i love it small It's so cute (laughs) um so just to kind of like sum up exactly what you guys offer so it's laundry and dishwash and it's a subscription delivery service is that right
2: That's right. So, um, you go online. Online is the only way to buy us. Um, Everybody gets a free trial. And then through a series of really short, quick questions, we ascertain how often you put your machine on and what type of product you buy. And then we can work out how often we need to send you product. So, for every single person that signs up, their subscription is bespoke to their usage. Uh, which is quite different from many subscriptions where you have to kind of buy into a three-monthly plan, a six-monthly plan or, or whatever, you know, that's set in the system. For us, it can be 168 days we send you a pack or it can be every four days we'll send you a pack. It really is dependent on how often you you put
1: your machine on. And that's, that's solving a real consumer need of, you know, going to the drawer, pulling out your washing powder and having run out and not having time to go to the shop. And, and that convenience factor of having it delivered at home when you need it, essentially, um, is brilliant. And it's something that the multinationals could never offer. You know, it's such a complex um, and intuitive way to do business with your customer. But I imagine that that, that loyalty that you get um, from offering that convenience is, um, is paramount. Yeah, totally.
2: And I think, I I mean... You obviously, you may have experienced that just by what you've said, but that was certainly something that I'd experienced before. There's so many times I have run out of laundry detergent that had to make that mad dash at kind of 10 to four on a Sunday afternoon to see if I could get into the supermarket to go and buy some um, because it isn't your regular purchase. It isn't something that most people buy every week. It's something that most people buy every two to three weeks and therefore it often gets forgotten. It's also an aisle in the supermarket that none of us love well I certainly hated going down that aisle just nothing of interest down there so um It is something that people often forget. So with a subscription, it means you never forget. And the other thing is you don't end up storing boxes and boxes or packets and bottles in your cupboards. We all have small houses and, you know, space is valuable um, and therefore you don't want to be storing these great big boxes just in case you run out. For us, you know, once the consumer is sort of nearly three-quarters of the way through their pack, the new pack will arrive through the letterbox. So they never have to uh, run out. They never have to think about buying it and they never have to really store lots of product in their cupboards.
0: Yeah, that is so true. Because also at the big supermarkets, all of the deals are on like buy like three like giant 10 kg (laughs) boxes. Yeah. To like make any savings, and you get at home, you're like, yeah, literally. Where am I going to store this? <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely, and people got it in the garages and all over the place because everybody wants to get good value, don't they? It's you know that's that's normal. Um, but that was the only way that supermarkets and brands would allow you to get value is uh, is to buy in that way. And that's why we wanted to kind of access the value to give people, you know, our, our product in many, in, obviously there's a vari- variability in pricing across supermarkets and pack sizes, et cetera. But our product can be up to 50% less than the supermarket brand and that's delivered directly to your door. So that just goes to show kind of how much money lots of people are making in this market um and we can deliver that to our customers in a saving that they get all the time they don't have to shop around and see what it is in different stores uh they just get they can be confident they're always getting the best value and it's and it's so convenient cuz it comes through the letterbox
0: yeah and it's not just a money saving right there's a huge um positive advantage around sustainability because it's using less so yeah. Maybe tell us a bit more about sustainability at small. Like How, how do you approach it and, and kind of some of your key um, pillars within, um, yeah, just helping us all being a, a bit more sustainable when it comes to our detergents?
2: Okay. So I think, I, I think this comes from our belief, which is that um, everybody wants to do the right thing everybody you know it isn't just a few people who are you know prepared to go to real extremes to do the right thing it's in today's world I think more so now than even when we launched everybody has a heightened awareness of what we're doing to the planet and everybody wants to do the right thing However, there are two things as normal everyday people, we want to see products that work. We don't want to buy things that don't work, particularly in this market. You want to buy detergent that cleans your clothes. So that's really important, but you still want to do the right thing. Um, and and therefore, for us, we really need to, to develop a product that was as efficacious as the best brands in this marketplace, but with a significantly lower chemical content. So all of our work was really to find a way of doing that and to interrogate formulations, interrogate every chemical and see, do do all of these chemicals really need to be contained in our formulation? Can we reduce them? Can we use alternatives which are better uh, to do the same thing? And we found there were so many ways in which we could take the chemical footprint effectively down and, um of our product and still maintain performance um, and and that's kind of was a bit of an a eureka moment when we got to and we tested everything uh, with third party testing uh, labs uh, under regular kind of conditions the which guidelines conditions of testing and when we got to a product that was nearly 40 between 40 and 60 percent less chemical uh, less of a chemical load than some of those big brands and it worked just as well and on occasional stains it performed even better than they big brands so that that was when we knew you know we've done what we wanted to do from a, a chemical load point of view but then in addition to that we wanted to take the carbon footprint down so reducing the amount of water that's held in these products so that you can obviously transport them at the maximum efficiency um and we as you probably know in our packs we pack our our product so it's really tight so there's not lots of air space so it's not you know sending around shipping air in boxes and a few capsules our pack is really really tight um uh in order to ensure that you know our carbon footprint is as good as it possibly can be and then from a packaging point of view that obviously was really important and we started off uh, the journey with we wanted to not use any plastic at all but we had to because we couldn't um, get a child-impeding pack without the use of plastic at that stage. Um, and we also were concerned about moisture. So moisture getting into our capsules would um, create leakage leakages because they dissolve in, wa- in, in water, obviously, in the machine. So we needed to have it completely moisture-free, um, and therefore plastic was the best option. However, uh, we went to great lengths to ensure that we used waste plastic to make our uh, original packs and made sure that that was 100% recyclable in the most efficient way so um, in the most sites in the country we could get to a source where these packs could be recycled and they came from they came from waste material in the first place and then they went into boxes which were made from recycled board and again was 100% recyclable. Today we're in a position as as uh, as you know, we have moved in the last month to completely plastic-free, um, and that has taken over a year in development. It's been <laughs> incredibly hard work, and we now have um, a patent applied um, design that is child-impeding. So that's the key. That was the hardest thing is to get to a non-plastic box, which is child-safe. Uh, so it's a child-impeding box, and it is also, by the way, it's crafted. Um, it retains the um, benefits of obviously also being moisture-free so that the capsules are kept safe in their transport and arrival to our customers.
1: That's amazing congratulations um, and I you know we've been through many similar situations of really painful you know product and packaging development um, in order to achieve our sustainability goals but genuinely believe that it will pay off in the future and um, it will become the new norm that people expect you know, plastic-free, um, low chemical, you know, environmentally conscious um, cleaning products and, you know, household care products. So I'm sure you're really well poised for the future. Um, and, and the business model itself is really disruptive. You know, not only taking into account the sustainability um, perspective, but you're you're inciting consumer change there because, obviously, as you have said, you know the multinationals dominate where you normally buy um, home care. You know, washing up laundry detergent is at the supermarket, but you're asking your customers to go online and subscribe, which is quite a, a shift. So I'm just interested um, from a D2C perspective. How have you found building a D2C only brand um, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered um, and have you found any interesting ways to acquire customers because you know that is the topic of d2c how do you cost effectively acquire customers you obviously cut out the middleman um, by not working with wholesalers but then they offer up mass scale and customers for free so how do you balance those two just interested to hear
2: yeah so so it is an interesting and traditionally i think you know, five years ago, ten years ago, it would have almost been impossible to do what we do. Um, but people's behaviour has changed. And that, you know, again, was part of the thinking with, you know, the brand name is also about small things. Small things make a big difference. And it is that thing of going to the supermarket is, has actually become a pain for people. They don't have time and they don't have, they don't want to be spending their time thinking about what they need. Um, so, having things taken away from them is a real benefit. So, I think where we are today, consumers have moved into that space. They weren't there before um, and they're using uh, other forms of media on a on an ongoing basis. So social media obviously is a huge and great way to talk to customers or potential customers, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and, you know, we, we've started there and we continue there uh facebook instagram etc um talking about the benefits of what we do and what we found which has been really interesting is that um consumers love what we do so much they find it so disruptive that they tell their friends so we find that for every customer that we get we get a whole bunch of their friends neighbors family that also hear about us um because people genuinely i think you know really want to do the right thing they want to have good product and they want to have it at a price that makes sense and therefore it becomes a really interesting topic of conversation for people and we get a lot of organic traffic just by nature of you know, appearing in social media um, and people talking about us. And obviously, the world as we see it today and with what's going on right now um, has even heightened that even further in that you know, people don't want to go to the supermarkets, they do want to have products delivered to their door, Um, and they want to be confident that the products are good and therefore what we're seeing now is our customers are telling everybody at an even greater extent um, because they want to share in the news of something that kind of delivers to a need that's very relevant today.
0: And that is... Quite remarkable that you have customers sharing not just among their friends, but I was just scrolling through your tagged posts. You've got people taking pictures of their laundry detergent and posting it on Instagram, which is, I mean, that is pretty incredible, like, and never would happen with the kind of standard brands, which is insane. So, like, what do you think is the key to that? So, obviously as a consumer, I find a great product, I want to share it, but there's more to it. I think things like your design come in, things like your tone of voice, the way that you've crafted the brand, like how did you kind of go about that? And and why do you think um, you've been able to kind of like harness a community who are very engaged on social platforms? So
2: I think, I think at one level that this, our consumer base or this category has been left dormant for so long. So, nobody has said anything interesting in this category forever. And um, The people who've owned it have kind of spent all their time fighting amongst themselves for share and not really thinking about the customer and the consumer. And our premise has always been to meet the needs of the customer, whatever those are, Um, And one of them is, why does this category have to be so boring and dull? And why does it, you know, when you look at advertising in this area, it's so cheesy. And, you know, the portrayal of customers doing washing is just... you know it just isn't real um and we wanted to be real we wanted to have packs that were beautiful why should they be really ugly bulky big things why can't we have beautiful packaging um and as i said nick's background is in packaging so he's a lot of the heart um of our packaging design um and you know having product that looked beautiful as beautiful as products in, in, in categories like your own in cosmetics you would never do anything that looks ugly but in in this category it had been left in that sort of state um, and we also wanted to talk in a way that was real um, and was down to earth and recognizes the issues that people feel and values the things that are important so it was really talking in a in a way that is straight from us um, that's how we feel um, and that's what we thought was right, and and creating a pack that we thought was beautiful, and we still think is beautiful. And our new plastic-free packs, we think are even more beautiful than what we had before. So uh, yeah, it's lovely though to see um, people do tag us so often, you know, and take lots of photos and put us up on stories and say the nicest things. It's it is the best thing about having worked in in branding for many many years the most amazing thing is when you hear people talking about what you've created and hearing that they love it and you've really met the needs that you had for yourself and you can see that you've met the needs for others as well so um yeah it's it's great it's been just the most amazing journey the last couple of
1: years yeah, well, congratulations, you've built, you know, such a stunning brand. And as you say, that's not a phrase spoken often in the laundry detergents. So um, congrats. Um, I'm gonna ask a bit of a loaded question. Um, Omnichannel. Obviously, you are a native D2C brand on a subscription model, but would you ever consider going omnichannel? I'm sure you're contacted all the time by retailers. Um And could you ever envisage a way that it could work um, through Omnichannel, or do you think you'll always remain direct to consumer?
2: I think we will always remain direct to consumer. I mean, it's hard hard to be absolutely 100% sure, but I think because we think getting good value for money is really important – going to a retailer would prevent us from being able to do that. Um, Obviously, the benefits of retailers are you can get out to so many more people so much more quickly. And we do sometimes feel, you know, we've been there for two years and we've got lots and lots of lovely customers who tell all their friends, but there's still so many people out there who have never, ever heard of us and um you know and we do often think god if only we could put ourselves in front of those people pretty sure they'll like us in the same way as our existing customers do um and obviously the a retail environment gives you that option but what it it also does it adds a huge amount of costs and we really don't want to do that because we think the customer deserves to have good products are sustainable at a cost that makes sense um so i i can't see us ever doing that to be honest um uh, it's not something that we would uh certainly not think about at this point
0: got it yeah that makes sense um and just shifting slightly i guess to um the theme of kind of starting a startup um and kind of going from corporate life into the startup life so we have a lot of people who ask us you know i'm i am maybe working for a big corporate i've always wanted to start my own thing um but i feel nervous to do so how how have you found the shift from like corporate life into startup and and how has that impacted you as a leader like what are the kind of key differences of um working for somebody like unilever and then um starting your own thing
2: um, so, I had a little bit of a jump. So, obviously, from Unilever, I then set up my own consultancy. So, I was effectively you know, running a little bit of a startup, but in a different world at that stage. Um, I think it's, it's hard because – well, it's, it is. It's very hard to kind of run your own thing and not have – backup of a big organization and a regular paycheck Um, and certainly when you're investing not only your time but your money in trying to get something off the ground and having no idea at all whether it will work or not is really hard Um, but you have to kind of stay determined if you believe the idea is worthwhile and you believe whatever it is that's that's your vision could be the vision or, or you know the delight of others I think you just have to kind of keep get your head down and just work as hard as you can to make it happen. I think we did a lot with... Um, you know, in terms of finances, we did a lot with a small amount in the early days because we didn't have any staff at all. We just, um, you know, the team was just Nick and I and our families. Um, So, we literally, the day we launched, it was just the two of us and we were doing customer service. We were making the ads. We were responding to comments on Facebook. We were packing the product. We were Uh, you know taking delivery from the postman and sending the packs out Um, we literally did everything because we couldn't afford a team um, at that stage and we just didn't know whether uh, consumers would love us as much as we loved the idea Um, but it was a it was kind of it was an interesting and wonderful um, first few months because when we when we started we set ourselves a target an annual target and it was very much about how long could we survive how could, how would we manage this so we set ourselves a a twelve month target and it was based on all the reading that we had done of other subscriptions in the UK and the number of customers that they could get and and what we thought we could achieve so we set ourselves that target. And within 12 weeks, we had superseded that target. So, um, as you can imagine, that was really, really quickly and uh, was not our expectation at all. So very quickly, we started to enroll family members. Nick's wife, Catherine, works with us on customer service. Um, We were enlisting kind of friends to help us do things to just get out there um, and continue to to service what we were, this growing demand. Um, and we've just worked in that way ever since. So we've got still got a small team, but it's very much, it feels like a very family team um, where we kind of manage, um, you know, what we do in a very kind of family-like way. We don't work in a big corporate way. And I guess maybe because both Nick and I have worked in those big corporations, we just feel like that isn't the brand that we want to create. Um, and that isn't the kind of team that we want to create either. Um, so we've worked in that way since we've started um it's certainly been a a long uh a kind of interesting journey but we've very much created something just just feels completely different to anything that we had when we were in the corporate world
1: um, also curious in the kind of current situation that we're in um covid lockdown it feels like your product would be more relevant than ever because people are really reticent to going out there's a lot of people that um are self-isolating you know how has the situation impacted you and do you think the shift um and you mentioned it earlier around people not wanting to go to supermarkets due to time but probably that will be an extended change of behavior in not wanting to have social contact um and avoiding you know places like the supermarket more and more Mm -hmm. Um, so how have you seen have you seen any shifts um in purchasing or consumer behavior since um lockdown went? and you know how are you kind of coping with the situation and just interested to see your thoughts on whether you think it will extend post lockdown as well
2: okay so i think i think um we've certainly seen a a a difference in behavior without a shadow of a doubt so at two levels one is that people are not wanting to go to the supermarkets understandably and they're wanting to have uh, more delivered to their homes so we've seen a kind of huge uplift in um, new customers as a result of that Um, and the second thing is because of the nature of our product being a kind of hygiene-based product people are wanting to be clean, wash their hands constantly, wash their clothes, all of those things. Um, and, and therefore, at two levels, we're seeing a heightened interest in, in what we're doing. Um, so we've definitely seen that across the period since lockdown and actually before as well, because obviously uh, you know, the pandemic was, was starting, the news was, was becoming very prevalent and, and people were starting to prepare themselves. So we saw a huge surge before lockdown as well. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, hopefully, as we come out of of lockdown. I think people's behaviours, I think people will change in in a way, actually, not just their behaviours. I think we'll all change in a way uh, that we'll never be quite the same. Um, And I think that people are realising that they can get a lot more convenience in their life um, and it works in the same way as, you know, even working from home. I'm sure there's a lot of companies that will decide that they don't need offices anymore because we can all work from home and we can can all work effectively and efficiently. Um, in the same way, there are lots of ways in which we can have our um, our, our shopping arrive and and not have to go through that churn and burden of having to go into stores so i'm pretty sure that life in the retail side will be quite different um after lockdown as well
0: yeah and then I guess finally, just to kind of finish up um from like a managing a team perspective and and also just kind of like personally um just to end on a positive note um how are you kind of like keeping the team rally um keeping busy sane um and kind of positive through this quite uncertain time so
2: um we we're we were we've always been a distributed company, so we've always um work from home so lots of us work from home with the exception of of our warehouse and 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 uh, packing and, and where we do that obviously that's on location uh, but lots of us work from home so we're very used to this kind of uh, you know the idea of zooms and google hangouts and all those things we do them all the time literally all day long uh, so it hasn't been a change from that perspective obviously everybody's got their um personal issues people know people who have um had covid or feel unwell or nervous about it but we we're pretty light-hearted about what we do and we just make sure everybody's okay we always check in with everyone everyone checks in with each other we have regular updates um, and we and we do things like we uh, just a couple of days ago we had our team quiz I think it was on Wednesday evening where we all get dressed up and um one of the members of the team runs a quiz and we all kind of get involved and all our families get involved as well so we're kind of enjoying there's some highlights in terms of um, lockdown as well for us, as well as, you know, from a business point of view, you know, and I, I should say this in a more serious note, we, we consider ourselves very privileged to be at the positive end of that from a business point of view, because there's a lot of businesses that obviously, uh, you know, are going through quite a tough time as a result of, of what's going on. So um, we consider ourselves very lucky from that perspective and the team are all kind of pretty chipper because uh, it's, it's pretty good business for us at the moment
1: that's great well it's great to hear positivity um, we always like to end on a positive note but I'm genuinely so pleased that business is going well for you and um, love your product I'm, I'm going to give it a go did you say you get a first first free trial <laughs> I'm on that
2: yeah everybody gets a first free trial of um, either of the or in fact both of the bio and non-bio bio laundry capsules but also we have dishwasher tablets and you can get those too so great. free trials an offer
1: um, for- yeah well, I'm very much guilty of the person always running out of laundry detergent and then leaving either my dishwasher or my washing machine full for a few days before I manage to get to the shop. So I feel like this is going to be a product that's going to enhance my life. Um, so I'm going to give it a go. Good. how you get on. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners, um, where can they find you? Um, what's the best way to engage with you? Obviously, website, social...
2: So um, they can find us out of just, okay, just Google Small, S-M-O-L. S-M-O-L. Uh, our website is uh, www.smallproducts.com. And you can also find us on Small Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. We've got a lovely, uh, lovely bunch of followers on both those platforms. Um, so you can get hold of us um, using Facebook and Instagram as well.
0: Paula, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a great yeah. conversation. Thank you both of you for having in an, and an allowing us to
2: share our story. It's really lovely to, to talk to you. It's a pleasure.
1: Okay, thanks then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Clean Beauty Insiders podcast.
0: Give us a follow over on Instagram at Clean Beauty Insiders or head over to our blog
1: cleanbeautyinsiders.com to read more content. Don't forget your discount code on bybee.com. You can enter CBI15 at the checkout for 15% off your order.